0: At that moment, the final child leaves the family home. You and your spouse go through a transition from parenting to empty nesters. For some, perhaps wives more than husbands, this is almost like postpartum depression as you're confronted with the grief
1: that comes from a loss of a major stage in your life. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage
0: Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a thoughtful episode for you this week. This is episode number 157. And today we're going to be talking about empty nest syndrome. So that's the impact, the causes, and how to support your marriage through this transition.
2: Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed trauma bonding. It's worth going back and checking out.
0: That was really interesting. Thanks. I
2: thought. And uh, also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any really interesting upcoming shows. Us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. So if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So Caleb, let's get into the topic of empty nest syndrome.
2: Sure. Empty nest syndrome. It's, what is it? It's often more associated with women, mm-hmm. but for both parents, empty nest syndrome is that transition in life. It's the change in roles and responsibilities that comes when kids leave home. Okay. And sometimes there are feelings of loneliness and depression or distress that come when the final child leaves the family home. Uh huh. And I remember seeing this when I came to pick you up to move from Vancouver Island, where you were living with your folks. You were the last child, right? Uh huh. And I was totally unprepared for the grief that I saw. Huh. And I guess I was inconsiderate. Like it just hadn't occurred to me that this would be difficult for your mom. Okay. And I even remember in my own home, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, like I wanted to move out and mom was kind of doing whatever she could to encourage me to stay. Huh. And I think she was, it was the same thing, right? There's a, there's a big transition yeah. that comes at that phase in life. And, and how do you prepare for that? Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause I know my mom, like she wasn't dreading it. Right. But it still is grief, I guess. Right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. There's a loss
2: there. Yeah. Something comes to an end. Now the question is, is that good or bad for happiness as it relates to marriage? Mm-hmm. So. I would tend to think that if you had a good relationship with the last child leaving home, even if you're looking forward to the independence and no more making lunches and the freedom of having open conversation with your spouse in your home, anywhere, Mm -hmm. anytime, and Mm -hmm. all that, there's still some grief at the time of departure. Yeah. But again, is it a positive or a negative for most people overall? So most research shows that for the majority of people, children leaving home is good for marital satisfaction And can also be good for overall life satisfaction. Hmm. A classic study by Glenn in 1975, a little older study, but it reported that 71% of couples consider their post-parenting lives to be as good as or better than their lives with children in the house, Hmm. with only 6% of women and no men reporting that their lives were universally worse. Okay. Now, a study a little bit later, 1990 surveyed 402 parents and found that children leaving produced significant improvements for marital happiness, regardless of the characteristics of the children or parents.
0: That's surprising.
2: Going back in time to 78, another study finds that children leaving the home improves psychological well-being for parents. And much more recent, in 2009, another study found that only a minority of parents experience a negative empty nest syndrome. Hmm. Overall seems to be pretty strong, right? Yeah. Like who knew? So- I don't know. Do you think our 11-year-old is ready to move out?
0: <laughs> okay.
2: But what are the benefits that, that people are noticing or experiencing here? That's, I think, the next question here. And the researchers found that children moving out allows for increased alone time as a couple. That makes sense, hey? Yep, absolutely. More intimacy and spontaneity,
0: mm-hmm.
2: greater freedom, and improved financial conditions. Oh,
0: I hadn't thought
2: of that one. And they say, and I think rightly so, that all of this can positively impact marital satisfaction. okay. However, contact with the children is still important. So while the marital satisfaction may increase after children leave, overall life satisfaction only increases when the parents remain in frequent contact with the children, as was observed in another study. Mm. Now, that's a very interesting caveat, but I think it makes perfect sense because you've invested so much in in raising the children. Yeah. And just staying in touch allows you to maintain the value of that connection that you've created, right?
0: Mm Okay. Okay.
2: But another study noted that it is possible that children leaving the home can be a crisis time for marriages due to sudden changes in routine and identity, hmm. which if you think about it, that makes sense too.
0: An identity. Like as I, I identified as a mother and now yeah. I've lost that identity.
2: I identified as a soccer dad. Okay. It ends, right? Yeah. Some research finds that the empty nest phase, this is a study from 2013, that this phase of marriage is often the least satisfying and has the highest rates of divorce and conflict. Now, part of me wonders if it represented in that research, and I didn't have time to locate it in more detail, but if represented in there are the folks who hold the marriage together for the sake of the children. The children leave the cause for being civil, okay. it leaves with them.
0: Okay. Or I've even heard people say, well, we're staying together until the kids are gone. Yeah. But how, like, to me, this totally contradicts the research you were just quoting above. That's saying... Well,
2: this is this is research, right? So they, they make their studies, they find different results. Okay. And for some people it goes well, for some people it doesn't.
0: Yeah, apparently.
2: Yeah. So there's, a, there's a, a variety of human experience. Okay. Now, one study did point out that all those changes to happiness, whether positive or negative, they were only found when the last child had been launched, when the house was truly empty. Okay. That's when it all came to a head. So just for observation, that seems to make sense too. Because having one kid at home, you're still doing the parenting thing.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: You're not doing a quarter of the parenting. You're still doing most of it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you think? Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially if the youngest is high maintenance.
2: Yes. Which uh, as younger children, neither of us were. (laughs) So let's go deeper on this and see what's really at the root of this whole emptiness syndrome for Linda. And then let's Mm -hmm. talk about the boomerang effect. What happens when they come home? Okay. So. What causes emptiness syndrome? First thing is role transition. So let's just kind of unpack some of these details a little more, okay? Roles in marriage and in family are an important part of psychological well-being because they give you stability, they give you a sense of meaning. Okay. Was something not clear there?
0: No, I'm just wondering where you're going with this. Like, okay, we all have a role because it's good for
2: our psychological well-being. Right. So losing direct contact with your children, as in on a day-to-day basis, that can affect Mm -hmm. the role of the parent, which results in distress. Oh. So when the child moves out, the role is no longer kind of stops existing the way it was, at least, right? So if we draw a great deal of meaning, and you identified this earlier, if we draw a great deal of meaning from daily parenting, and then suddenly we're not parenting every day, that's a big adjustment to make. Okay. Which explains also why maintaining close contact with the children after they leave would reduce the distress caused by them leaving. It just lessens that change in role and identity for the parent because you're still in touch.
0: Yeah. It's not like a total grief thing where and of a sudden they're not there
2: at all anymore. Yeah. I would just say a total loss of identity thing, which has okay. grief, but to be specific to this point. Okay. And then the next item that may cause emptiness syndrome we touched on is the inability to function as a couple mm-hmm. or the inability In- to, to speak. Uh, <laughs> couples may have focused for so long on being parents that they forgot how to function as a couple and be intimate as a couple.
0: Okay. Yes.
2: Like all of the attention went towards the children, right? And this can be especially true for women who may have invested all their time and energy into raising the kids. And so they don't have as much identity outside of being a mother. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, then a time of rebirth follows. It's a a rebirth into a new identity, a new role. There's pain and there's joy in that process. And there's the expansion of personality, right? So there's a lot going on there. Okay. It's a fragile time. It could be a hopeful time. Okay. It could be a fun time. It could be very sad.
0: You said the inability to function as a couple, and I think everything that we've talked about is like individual. Have we not? Like rebirthing and...
2: Well, the family's a system. So if one of the individuals has focused everything on the kids in the Mm -hmm. family, let's just go with stereotyping if we can. The mother. So the dad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if I was a better father, that stereotype would work. But now let's say she's done that. So the family system organizes around that. Okay. So it's not like he is going to be 100% towards the marriage to her and she's 100% towards the children and that's working out. Like the relationship between him and her is reciprocal. It has to be reciprocal. Okay. So if that relationship bond has not been maintained, made healthy, invested in, then it really, there's not a lot there when okay. the children are gone.
0: Okay, so that's where the inability to function comes. Okay.
2: And, and some families, honestly, I think that all of the business that they're involved in, it helps them to keep going. As a couple, because it takes them away from having to deal with the difficult emotions and the pain oh. that exist in their marriage. Now, when all that oh. activity ceases to exist, what are you left with? Then what? Yeah. Such a challenge, right? Okay. Call a counselor. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth stating just at this point that your adult children will be devastated by your divorce. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And we've seen that. Okay, relationship to children also affects emptiness syndrome. So parents who have overgiven of themselves, kind of a theme here, and consistently place their children's needs above their own will often feel emptiness syndrome the hardest. So this is more an individual thing. Yeah. As they'll suddenly be faced with a void and they'll have little idea how to meet their own needs. Wow. Like I've spent so long chasing your needs, yeah, children. And giving and giving. I forgot how to take care of myself. Wow. Yep. Huh. And then relational turbulence. So the relational turbulence theory. That sounds very impressive. It does. States that any time of transition in a relationship, like getting married, first children, and then children leaving home, all those transition, that creates conditions ripe for upheaval, turmoil, and tumult. (laughs) thought that was a good quote. It's hard to say, but it was worth it. And during those stressful periods couples experience higher levels of uncertainty about themselves their own relationship and the future and as they try to figure out this uncertainty and their new roles they may come into conflict right which makes them more susceptible and reactive to the issues between them that were already happening in the marriage oh.
0: so so these transition times just bring all that out into the open kind of
2: yeah now it's hmm. up front Okay. So if the relationship was going well before a big transition, they'll be likely to make the transition successfully, help each other figure out new roles and become happier as a result. If things were going badly, like you mm-hmm. said, Verlinda, the tradition transition may mm-hmm. exacerbate existing problems and the spouses may come into conflict over roles rather than helping each other sort through them. Okay. We'll fight about them instead of fight through them. Yeah. Interesting. So lots of complexity here. So In light of that, we created a bonus audio track for our much appreciated supporters. We are dealing with the marriage component of this transition here in the show. But since empty nest syndrome is alleviated by keeping close contact with children after they go, we wanted to talk a little bit about what the research says parents need to think about with regards to children leaving home. There are six levels of connection with your adult child who has moved out. What, What are those levels? If you're deficient in any of them, how can you improve it? Okay. And these are vital questions you can get this bonus audio track by becoming a patron of the marriage podcast for smart people and we'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about that
1: what happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality too often high expectations lead to disappointment communication breaks down and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming leaving you feeling lost and without hope unfortunately marriage does not come with an instruction manual Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
2: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about the cause of emptiness syndrome. Now... Another modern feature for Linda, especially with the price of housing in some parts, is the boomerang effect, which is children returning mm-hmm. home. So how does this impact marriage?
0: I think not good.
2: Not good? Well, just my wait guess. and see. It's my guess. So the number of young adults returning to their parents' homes has increased in recent years. Okay. And they come home because of major events or turning points in their own lives, such as leaving higher education or losing a job mm-hmm. or the economic downturn in many Western countries of recent means that finding employment after graduation is not guaranteed causing many young adults to have to go back to the family home okay so what's that going to do to your marriage that's the question yeah that's what i'm waiting for overall the negative effects on the parents of children moving back in are fairly minor Dannerstein et al in 2002 found that children returning home did not produce any mood changes for the parents but it did reduce the frequency of sex in the first year Mm. after the child returns So that'd be a funny conversation to have. You can move back in, but this means your mother and I won't be able to have sex on the couch anymore, you know? Yeah. Did this just get awkward?
0: Can you imagine having (laughs) that conversation? Oh my dear.
2: I'm not suggesting you do.
0: No. But you
2: know what? I would suggest you get passive aggressive and make them pay rent. It's got to cost them something if they're taking that away from you. (laughs) So another study found that such arrangements were not typically associated with distress and conflict, but they did stress a few key items that were necessary to make this work well. And one is autonomy for the children. And the second is mutual exchanges of support and the children forming adult roles and responsibilities. Hmm. Now, let me just say this for a minute, because you said this is not likely to go well. That was out of your perception, right? Yeah. You're from a different generation than the generation that's moving back right now, as am I.
0: Yeah, I know, but I'm going to be the parent of these kids moving back.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Anyways, let's not open a huge can of worms here.
0: (laughs) Okay, but go on. We're from a different generation. We're from
2: a different generation. So- The upside of this, and this is me going from anecdotal readings of other research a while ago, okay, so pardon the the lag in memory and the lack of references, but kids these days are making better friends with their parents as teenagers because they see this happening in in the people that are like five years ahead of them Mm. and they know this is going on. So I just remember reading this fascinating study that adults are more friendly with their parents because of the boomerang effect.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: So that's a neat thing. And yeah. I think that's part of what makes this easier to do. Whereas if you yeah. if you go back to our parents and our relationship or even the generation before that, you know, being friends with your parents was not really language that Yeah. it's like, you're the parent, I'm the child.
0: Or right? if you had to move home, like it was because you it couldn't was, make it. Like it was, it was a, a disgrace. bad, yeah. 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 Okay.
2: So along all these same lines, like the autonomy and the uh, sharing of support and the adult roles and responsibilities, another study found that most parents were satisfied with their living arrangements when children returned home, and they described mostly positive relationships. But the levels of parent-child conflict was very strongly related to satisfaction for the parents. So the conflict was in turn linked to the child's unemployment and or level of financial dependency, which does harken back to a little bit of what Uh you're talking about. So... If everybody is uh, functioning effectively in life, this is likely to go well. And to yeah. the degree which they are not functioning as well, might be the degree to which it becomes more challenging. And more conflict and more... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So good balance there. It may not all be rosy, but likely to be. Okay. Ah,
0: interesting. So
2: interesting sidebar in the boomerang effect. Say that one more time. That was beautiful. No, that's okay. Okay. I
0: just try to slide it in
2: there where you wouldn't hear it. <laughs> Very good. Maybe we can get the... Uh... <laughs> our audio producer to turn up the volume on that part. <laughs> no. Just clear the audio right there and that'd be good. All right. Let's talk about ways to fight the emptiness syndrome and then okay. wrap, wrap this puppy up. So before it occurs, and then we're going to talk about during the emptiness phase and then if the kids come home. Okay. Beforehand, before. devote time to intimacy in your marriage. That's what our podcast is all about.
0: Absolutely.
2: And to looking after yourself as well as your children. So that these practice are, are, mm. practices are in place for when the children leave.
0: So then it won't be such a huge shocker and life changer.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's a call for balance, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like little toddlers are so much energy, but mm-hmm. you can actually reduce the amount of energy you have to give them and re- reinvest that after you get through that stage, back into the marriage, back into yourself. Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah.
2: Second, develop a role and a sense of who you are that's not dependent on your children. Okay. Third. So work-
0: more I am more than a mother.
2: Yes. That's what you're meaning. Okay. And that's an awesome thing. That's a powerful, huge thing all by itself. Mm -hmm. But that's not all you have to be. Okay. You can be awesome and powerful in other ways. Work on having a healthy marriage generally, as this will guard against relational turbulence. Right. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Now, during the emptiness phase, you can work on becoming more intimate with your spouse and starting a new phase of life together. So Mm -hmm. this could be looked at as a positive thing. Let's find a way. Let's put into that hole what we want to put in there.
0: Oh. How do
2: you like that? Yeah. Enjoy the fact that you can spend more time together and have greater freedom. So it's appreciating the the new parts of the changes that come. Yeah. Maintain close contact with the children to ease the transition. Of course, we've talked about that. And then work together to establish new roles and patterns in your marriage and be explicit about this so as to avoid uncertainty, assumptions, expectations,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. which will affect your marriage in the future. Okay. So, communicate. Oh, yeah. what a surprise. Yes. Mm-hmm. If the children return home, encourage their autonomy and their transition into adulthood. That needs to keep going.
0: See, I think I'm going to have a hard time with that.
2: We'll work through it together. Yeah. And then develop a more adult relationship based on mutuality.
0: This is with your kids?
2: Yep. Okay. Now, one last point for those couples that are in this right now and they're really struggling as a couple going through the emptiness phase. Research shows that the negative effects of the emptiness syndrome are often for many, they're small- but also not long lasting.
0: Mm -hmm. So take hope.
2: Yes. Often couples manage to transition into new roles and establish a new phase of life within two years of the nest emptying. So again, I don't want to minimize or just, I'm not saying, do you want to bite my sandwich here? Like trying to just pass this off. But if it is affecting you badly, it won't last. Like there is a, there is light at the end of the tunnel. So cling to hope. Again, just open up those lines of communication, Mm -hmm. work through these things together. Yeah. And if you need help, reach out. You don't have to figure this out alone.
0: Yes. That's good. Okay. All righty. We'd like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and the last. Jason, Sean, and Adam. Three guys. Just yeah. realize that right now. And we also want to shout out a huge thank you to those who left us reviews on iTunes since we last recorded. Uh DJ Ironic. From the US says, excellent resource, five stars. A very useful and well produced podcast. Thank you. Thank do you, you think he's being ironic?
2: Oh, I hope not. Oh. He better not be with his wife either.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: But thanks for leaving us a review after we berated you for something you didn't even do. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be a well produced podcast. Yeah. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Even if not useful all so, the time.
0: Next week, Caleb.
2: Yes, we're talking about long distance marriage.
0: Long distance marriage.
2: Yes. Did you know there's a million couples in the USA in long distance (gasps) marriages? No. I was like, okay, let's put out a niche thing. So we have that for, you know, the odd person that we come across. A million couples. Wow. Yes.
0: I thought long distance dating was bad.
2: Yeah. Wow. All right. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at OIF.link slash 157.
0: Find out how you can help, help, help.
2: She needs a lot of help. So please try to help. (laughs) (laughs)
0: help
1: help other marriages go to oif.support thanks and we'll see you next week the marriage podcast for smart people is totally funded by listeners who support caleb and valinda in their mission to save marriages if you would like to be part of this worthy cause open your web browser to oif.support A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.